sisters, join the resistance. Come on, let's start by talking tactics. Have a pass and match us. Here's how we practice. The last order conversation. David Jason. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. This is Patrick Riccardi. And this week, we have Cheers versus Parks and Rec. Right, and uh, Cheers kind of a kind of just a random pick. We had a hard time uh, thinking of anything to compare Parks and Rec to, but you said uh, Cheers kind of came up as being related because it was like a workplace comedy. Yeah, workplace comedy. And then the other thing is, since we're doing this same season uh, versus similar seasons, it's another show that lasted a long time. Right, because this is a so we did a season six, episode one of of each of Cheers and Parks and Rec. So we yeah we had to get something. Well, we didn't necessarily have to, but we got no, something. But it, yeah, it, that had six seasons at least each. So. Yeah, it's it's a little. I mean, last week I mean it's impossible with Tim Peaks to do that, so we just did the the pilot. Uh, versus Revenge, and it's it is it's fun to see an older show versus an older show as as opposed to like the best of Cheers versus the best of Parks and Rec. Just yeah, to see yeah. where they're at at the same, not the same. I mean, I'm sure Cheers had a lot more episodes since the first season of Parks and Rec was a was a short, a, like a winter replacement series, but still similar life in their life cycle. Yeah. So, uh, so um, Cheers, the episode we watched, uh, six, season six, episode one. Was I, I guess I assume from watching it, uh, the first season without Shelley Long, yeah, um, because yeah. it was the introduction of uh, Rebecca, Kirstie Alley's character, and Sam having sold the bar, and uh, gone on a cruise around the world, and and uh, his his ship crashed, and he comes back and and tries to get a job at Cheers. Um, as they basically changed the show as much as they could in 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 the eighties. Because 80s TV didn't really change from season to season, so that's a they they really changed the makeup of the show with that one episode, making it from him the boss to being an employee, making it so Shelley Long is entirely off the show, and the relationship between Sam and Rebecca is not in any way similar to Sam and Diane. No, no, um, yeah, and Rebecca's a uh, well, I mean, I guess Shelley Long annoyed a lot of people uh, in real life and among the fans. Um, I mean, I thought she played the character really well of Diane. Yeah, um, yeah. And it was a good character, just the very pretentious, uh, hyper-educated barmaid who's uh, who's working far below her station. And and uh, I mean, it worked. It was a good character for that for that show. Um, and I don't know. Do you know anything behind the her leaving? I the all I know is that she wanted to do movies. Oh yeah, so that that didn't work out so well for her. You didn't like Money Pit. Uh, Money Pit was exactly what I was thinking of. Did she also do one with Bette Midler, like Down and Out in Beverly Hills or something? I don't even remember. Um, I think she did something called Camp Hollywood. Camp. I don't. Yeah, that had Jenny Lewis from. Uh, oh really? Yeah, she was a she was a kid in that. Uh, Jenny Lewis from the now defunct Rilo Kylie. Um. She was, yeah, she was one of the, it was Troop Beverly Hills. That's what it was. Sorry. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, anyway, uh, so she didn't work out. Uh, she never, she never topped a night shift. Who could? Yeah, or losing it. I think she was in that too. Early Tom Cruise. 
Night Shift, I remember watching years after it came out and being surprised I'd never heard of it. It was kind of a, a star-studded cast. Oh, yeah, Michael Keaton, Henry Winkler. Back when uh, Henry Winkler, they figured, was bankable. Uh, it was directed by Ron Howard. It was before he did anything that got big. Right. It was passable. I, I, I don't think I'd see it now and like it, but at the time, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, too. Um, no, I don't I don't think it would hold up at all. Uh, but uh, Henry Winkler will will return to in this episode. Yes, that's true. Um, and that's... But not Shelley Long. So no. the Cheers, I was surprised. Uh, it held up pretty well, I thought. Yeah, I've, there it was. There's some stretches of boredom, but there's really laugh out loud, loud moments and really funny stuff. Yeah, good, uh, very good writing on that show. Uh, to to be from that time period and still you can still watch it without uh, grimacing the whole time. Yeah, and and the fact that it's six seasons in, they're still being able to write such funny stuff, and I think part of that is because they kind of re-shook everything up to make things different. Even the even the uh, the I don't know what you call it cold open or whatever the you know before the the credit scene where yeah. Fraser comes in and, and uh, gives a quote and he said who said that and and the the whole thing with Woody like you did um, very obvious joke but the way they did it was they they took it up a level from that so that it, it was still funny I remembered the joke I remembered seeing this episode at some point in the past, you know, however many years it's, it's been since this show was on, I still laughed, even though I knew exactly what they're going to say. They just, they just, they carried the line so well, it didn't matter that, you know, yeah. Woody, Woody Harrelson and Kelsey Grammer are very funny actors. Yeah. Really good. Um, I mean, I, they're all pretty, they're all pretty good. Uh, the, the main cast in their roles, the, uh, the extras were always annoying um, because they were always laughing and, and going overboard with the smiles and stuff. Um, but, but the main cast I thought was, was pretty strong all around. Maybe, maybe Rhea Perlman was the weakest link, but she was still good. Yeah. And, and her, her, she's the weakest link because it's so over the top. Her character. Her, yeah. Yeah. What she's given to, to work with. Yeah. She, right. she did a, she did a fine job with what she had. Um, but her char- yeah, her character was a little much. Um, so in this episode, uh, as we said, Sam returns to the bar after uh, losing Diane. I, what she left him at the altar? Is that what the storyline was? Yeah, she she left to write a book. Was the was the point? She didn't want to get married. She wanted to write a book, and then I think that's how the last season ended. And then they resolved that that she didn't come back because she went to Hollywood, but. She left to. She she wasn't ready to get married. She wanted to write first, and she was. She promised she'd come back, but she never came back. And it turned out she couldn't write a book, so she went to Hollywood to write uh, screenplays. Yeah. So that that uh, wraps her up, tidily. And then there's uh, Rebecca Howe, who in this episode is uh, a lot colder than she would become. Obviously, I don't even know how many years did this show run because this is six season. I I remember the majority of it being with. Rebecca, uh, over over Shelley Long, over Diane, but um, I think twelve years. I wow. think it. Lo- and and the thing is, I remember. I mean, maybe it wouldn't hold up, but this did hold up. I I think it was funny even the last season. I don't think eleven seasons. I don't think the the final seasons was that they were running slow. I think it was just that like Ted Danson was ready to do something else. Yeah. And he didn't. He didn't. You know, he had enough trucks driven up to his door. He didn't need another truck full of money. Right. So so uh, he had to go on to Becker. Yeah, which was quality television. I've never seen an episode of that. Uh, I have seen partial episodes. Um, 
you've seen uh, like uh, How I Met Your Mother and uh, Big Bang Theory and Two Broke Girls and stuff. It's basically <laughs> yes, along those. I mean, it, that's that's why those shows puzzle me because it's the same. It's basically the same comedy or level of comedy. The thing about How I Met Your Mother is that I think we've talked about it. It's just a, it's a very disappointing show to me because it has great actors. The cast is awesome. And it has, in s- small ways, it has wonderful writing, but the comedy is terrible. The, the jokes are terrible, and a lot of the, a lot of the, a lot of the writing is terrible. But I love the what they do with time. Like they'll have episodes that are not backwards, but they'll, like you, like there's an episode where he's blacked out and he's trying to figure out what happened the night before. It could be really awesome, but it's not. And I like the fact that the show is written with with the Bob Saget as the person in the future, and that could work out a lot better, but it doesn't. So it's 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 I don't like it but it's also disappointing because it, i don't like it because i think it could be a lot better so i don't, I don't like that being listed with the other two shows because the other two shows are just bad yeah they're they're terrible uh it, you're right it's it's more disappointing than just completely horrible uh, but it is such an awesome cast you it, see those those guys and other stuff it's usually good except for the the main character main guy ted is that his who, name yeah, he might as well, you know, I think after that show ends, he'll probably be going to Kickstarter just to make movies. Or, yeah, or uh, licensing himself out as a as a crash test dummy. That's like the kind of, he's, he's just so generic to me. And, yeah, and, he, he is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it is a disappointing show. So, but the things you like about it are that the guy from Full House does the voiceover and that they stole a plot from The Hangover. Yep. If I, okay. Yep. Got it. Got it. Right. So it, it could be uh, so much more. Um, yeah. Anyway, that Becker was, but see, Becker was at least long ago. What was in the nineties? Um, mm-hmm. When I guess you know they hadn't really figured out how to do great sitcoms as as much as they have now. So it you know it's got more of an excuse to be that level. Well, uh, they haven't. They hadn't been. They weren't able to watch the entire run of Seinfeld. Right, exactly. Not, they hadn't. They didn't have that yet. So on the um, other hand, they could have watched the entire run of Dick Van Dyke Show, and that would have helped. But they didn't. Well, you could say that for damn near every sitcom uh, in the eighties and nineties. Um, yeah. Speaking no. of the, the the bad sitcoms, I you know we talk about how much we hate the laugh track, and it didn't bother me as much in Cheers. I think really the difference between a good show and a bad show is not the laugh track; it's just how funny it is. I didn't like the laugh track, but. Well, no, it I didn't. I, it didn't drive me crazy like it does with some shows. No, I think that the thing now is that, for whatever reason, and I don't even know that the the shows that are more intelligently written don't use a laugh track. I don't know why that is. Yeah. The shows that use a laugh track seem to suck ass. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I and who knows? I mean, and I think maybe you know that might partly be a function of because they're they're so fucking standardized and and formulaic um the the shitty sitcoms they use the audience because if they didn't have it it would seem much less funny but as a counterpoint the new normal the new nor what's that that was a terrible sitcom from last season that did not use a laugh track it was the show that had um the gay couple who were trying to adopt a baby uh, had the guy oh from yes, I remember. Hangover yeah. and yeah. Well, no, there's there's been plenty. I mean, there's still there've been a few uh, sitcoms without laugh tracks that that have failed. Um, 
not just uh, commercially, but artistically, I, I think. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but overall, these days, it seems yeah. to me, if, you've, if there's a show with a laugh track, it's, it's of lesser quality. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, the, the laugh track on Cheers or the studio audience or whatever uh, didn't bother me either, but then I, I grew up watching it. So it, it you know. That's it's, true, too. Yeah, you're used to Woody Harrelson talking over laughter. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it was a, it was a very well written ex- episode, very well acted. Uh, it, it stood out to me because I was kind of not looking forward to watching cheers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't dislike it. It seems like you dislike the show a little bit or you don't like it that much. I, I think I like it more than you do. I think I liked it at the time. And, and in my mind, it's more of like a relic of that time and, and maybe not as quality as as uh, I would think it was, but it, this episode was there was high quality to it. Yeah, I think I think for for most of its run, it was high quality. It was it was not a show that that lends itself to a story that that runs a long time, ex- aside from the like the romance stories, you know, Dot and D- Sam and Diane and that kind of thing. But it's just each episode was a self-contained fun time with good jokes and a, a well-crafted story. And you cared what happened to the characters because they're so well written and so well acted. But it also, unusually for sitcoms of that time, did have uh, a storyline that continued from. Like, if that's you, true. If this I was the just... first episode you watched of Cheers, you wouldn't know what the fuck was going on. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you pick up a little bit, but you don't. You don't know because they they had they'd end episodes and then pick it up later. So yeah, I should take that back because they did have storylines that carried over. They had like the entire this entire season. Rebecca is obsessed with Tom Skerritt, and that goes from episode to episode. And if you don't have the earlier episodes to pick up on her obsession, you really you might not find it as funny. You might still find it funny, but not as funny because you don't know all the little bits and pieces. Yeah, exactly. Well, and even even uh, character wise, like. Uh, Frazier and and Cliff, you know, or or Norm walking in, and people in this episode, it's it's a whole new bar, so nobody says Norm right when yeah. he walks in. Um, so and that was a joke that you know you're not gonna catch if you. So yeah, I did like that about it. It wasn't uh, it wasn't like you know whatever else was around at the time as much. Uh, small Cosby wonder. Show. Cosby Show. I had a. I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast before. I had a real uh, epiphany watching the Cosby show um, when I was, I, I don't know how old I was, probably 18, and uh, I was sitting at home watching the Cosby show, and I just realized in the middle of it, I was like, I don't fucking relate to this, man. This, does, this doesn't reflect my values, and this doesn't seem like real life at all to me, and it was very, uh, it was very alienating feeling. Um, Is that when you realized you're white? Wait, I I hadn't realized that until you just said it. Shoot, sorry. Maybe, yeah, maybe, ah, oh, fuck. It, everything's fallen into place now. Um, yeah, no, it was it was it was a uh, kind of scary for me for a little while that that feeling of alienation I got, where I I just kind of felt like, well, maybe I don't fit into this society. Um, and and of course now I've uh, learned to become a corporate whore, so I'm fine, but. Uh, yeah, Cosby, I mean, I guess Cosby in a, no, it didn't really have any, any overarching storyline. I mean, there were characters, but you could, you could randomly watch any show and kind of get who everybody was. Yeah. They would, in some way, you're my daughter line would be there. So you knew who he was talking to. Yeah. I like hoagies. 
Let's uh, let's lip sync to some old Ray Charles song with the grandparents. No, that was uh, eight up eight seasons of the Cosby Show in a nutshell, or however many there were. I don't even know. Twenty-five. Um, let's kick Lisa Bonet off the show because she did nudity in Angel Heart. And sent her off to a different world. A different... Or no, they, I guess she got kicked off a different. No, she 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 got a new show for doing the nudity. So when Rudy tried to do the nudity, it didn't work out as well. Because nobody wanted it, and she didn't get in her own sitcom. And plus, yeah, she was only uh, eight. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. And 4chan didn't exist yet. Yeah, America wasn't ready at that point for Rudy porn. Um, I thought Rudy was the middle child. No, that's Vanessa. Ah, Vanessa. The, uh, yeah, classic classic middle child, classic Jan Brady syndrome going on with Vanessa. She's I couldn't not... even remember her name. I know. It, it, my point exactly. Not cute like Rudy. Not dyslexic like Theo. Got nothing going on. Trying to overachieve, but never quite hitting the mark. But then she did go on to have a talk show. Oh, I thought she was a congresswoman. Well, she is now. Okay. Yeah. Tea Party? Yeah, Tea Party congresswoman from uh, Wyoming. The only black citizen of Wyoming. Is Wyoming a state? Yeah, it is. I always forget. I mean, I want to forget. Anyway, cheers. Was that cheers like cheers to... Yeah, it was like Mazel Tov. Cheers to Vanessa for getting up in, in the world to become a congresswoman from Wyoming. Anyway, cheers. Yes. And to you as well. Uh, yeah, not not a lot in common with uh, with Parks and Rec. One big thing they have in common. Woody. Woody. The Woody character is is oh, very yes. similar. Well, but that's that's a sitcom trope going way yeah. back, and one that very few people have made work well. And uh, uh, Woody did, and and so did uh, I can't remember the actor's name. Oh fuck, I can't I, I can't either. I always blank. Anna Faris's husband. Yeah, Mr. Anna Faris. Uh, I always blank when we come to do this uh, podcast for some reason, and. I always think I don't need to take notes. I'll, I'll remember this, and then once we're on the microphone, my my brain uh, melts all over my nose. Uh, oh, Chris Pratt—that's the actor. Yes, and he he does an excellent dumb guy, as Woody Harrelson did as well. And that's that's the only thing I'm watching that made me think, oh, they have that in common. It's a it's a sitcom character that I almost always find annoying. Um, but as you oh, said, but it, when it works, it's so funny when it works, it's good. And I will say that I don't think Chris Pratt worked through the entire run of parks and rec as that character. It, I think he's come into his own now. Um, and, and but the even last... now there'll be moments where it's a little bit off, a little cringeworthy. Well, yeah. but, but it's still, he's still, when he's on, it's, it's really, really funny. So it's, it's worth it. And that was, you know, that was one of my problems with something like Friends, say, where they had two of the really dumb characters. Um, oh, the Phoebe and, Phoebe and Joey. Joey. Uh, where you're just like, you you would you would not function in society. You would be killed somehow um, because of your stupidity. And, and you wouldn't make it to the age of your mid-20s to early 30s uh, in real life. Um, it was just, it was just too much. They used them to me like as a, as a standard trope rather than as real believable characters. But, uh, yeah. And I think both actors are probably good. I mean, I don't know about Matt LeBlanc. Like I said, I haven't seen his show, 
Um, I know Lisa Kudrow is a good actor. Yeah, she's. I've seen some movies with her where she's really good. So. So I don't think you can pin it on the actors not bringing it to life. I think it was more the writing. Um, but, but. In Woody's case, well, in Woody's and Parks and Recs, I think it's a combination of good writing and good acting. Yeah. Yeah. So are we done with Cheers already? Uh, no, I mean we don't have to be. I I just brought we just brought Parks and Rec because there wasn't much in common. That was the one thing I thought of as being in common. Um, I I have always found the Rebecca character to be kind of odd, like this this weird caricature of a woman in the workplace written by insecure men. Yeah, I can I could see that. And and in this episode, in the fir- her first appearance, she is kind of a a ball buster. Yeah. Um, which. And it, but I mean, that's not even the, 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 the fact that she's the, most of her character is based around being obsessed with either the Robin, the person who owns the company or the vice president is, is not another part of the character. Right. You kind of never, odd. you would never see them do that with a male character. Exactly. Yeah. His whole motivation for, for, uh, Existence. wanting to run a successful business would not be, yeah, that he was in love with, uh, somebody the higher boss. up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I could see that. It was still funny. I think it's this oddly written, oddly created character, but they they write funny things for her, so okay. Yeah, well, and she is a Scientologist, so maybe some of that oddity was just from that. See, I forgot about that. That was something that she's famous for. Was she ever married to John Travolta? Um, I, I think aren't all Scientologists. I think it's it's like a weekly rotation thing. I mean, Kelly Preston is is in the permanent lineup, but then uh, the rest of them all just go around. Well, I thought it was like you either married John Travolta or Tom Cruise. I didn't know you got to marry both. Oh yeah, but it's it's a temporary thing. Okay. That's, yeah, look, it's the, uh, the. And you also get to choose as a son Beck, depending on the week. Well, I mean, you could you could get Beck, or you could get Giovanni Ribisi. So some weeks are good weeks and some weeks are bad weeks. That's exactly it. Yeah, if you want somebody who's uh, high functioning or or somebody uh, more on the spectrum, uh, I think both of those describe back. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, it was it was a decent episode, and uh, the writing was smarter than your average sitcom. I like the uh, I like when Sam and Rebecca were talking and he said, you're not just giving me this job out of pity, are you? I can't do it out of pity. And she was like, yeah, it's just pity. And, and he comes back with, well, no respect, no, no this, blah, blah, blah. Do you like my shirt? Yeah, that is a nice shirt. So he takes that yeah. as, <laughs> as his point of pride to, to be able to come back. Um, That's all guys need. All guys needs some pity and a shirt. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a good gag. Anyway, it was it's uh it holds up much better than in my mind I thought it would. Um, so I was I was happy about that. I'm probably not gonna go and watch a bunch of episodes of Cheers streaming. Uh, but if I ever get super bored and there's nothing on, I don't see why I I wouldn't put it on. And if somebody told me that's what they're doing, I wouldn't I wouldn't say, "What are you crazy?" I'd say, "Oh, that's neat." Yeah, I I would I would say, "Oh, that's neat," and then. Uh, and then remind them that uh, other shows exist. But yeah, it was. It's it's a good. Uh, it is a good comparison, just as far as um, a smartly written sitcom that that takes things to uh, just a, a level above what they need to be to be successful. You know, I mean, I certainly both shows could ride on their coattails by the sixth season. 
I feel like, and not put the work into uh, into making it something just a, a notch above. But uh, judging from this episode of Cheers and this episode and this season of Arrest, or, or of Parks and Rec so far, uh, they still seem to be doing that. So, and I and another a pretty big difference between Cheers and Parks and Rec is by the sixth season, Cheers was a top 10 show, top five show, top three show, whatever. They were very high in the ratings every week. And Parks and Rec, unfortunately, is not. Parks and Rec is well-liked. And Cheers was also a critically acclaimed show. I think it won like a, a billion Emmys, approximately. And it was, I don't, I don't think critics ever had bad things to say about the show. And Parks and Rec, again, is, is critically acclaimed. But it hasn't really gotten the rating success that Cheers did. No. Even, even with the, the smaller numbers nowadays because of cable, I'm sure the number, like the amount of people watching the show might be the same as Cheers, but the percentage is not. Not even close. Yeah, no, not at all. And uh, both shows did start out uh, weak. Yeah. Which, yeah. which I mean, maybe not necessarily uh, weak as far as, as writing, although I think Parks and Rec did start out pretty weak as far as, as writing. Um, I don't think that first season, which was, what, six episodes or whatever? Yeah, it I, wasn't great. Yeah, there's nothing to, to recommend that. Um, I think Cheers maybe started out at the at the same level that it it uh, attained, it had the same writers and creators and stuff. So I think it, I think it started it, 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 like any show it needed to to find itself. But it was it was much better than Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec basically recreated, like they recreated the the Leslie character in this in the second season. They made her from a, a Michael Scott clone into her own own crazy thing. Yeah, that and that was the problem with the first season of Parks and Rec um, was that it was just an office clone basically yeah, yeah. And, and not even as good as the office uh so it was i don't know why i kept watching um because i really didn't like that first season but uh but i liked enough i liked pieces of it i, did, I thought she, her character wasn't that good but there was some funny pieces like the guy who's not on the show anymore uh, brand brandanowitz i thought he was a pretty funny actor oh did and, you see i thought i thought he kind of suffered from uh ted mosby syndrome with not really a lot of charisma or anything. Yeah, I no, I liked him. I, I liked him, and well, uh, he went to do movies, so he kind of went the Shelley Long route. Yeah, yeah. He he should have. If he would have listened to this podcast uh, before quitting the show, he might have learned a little something. Yeah, he should have come to listen to this. But uh, I would. I think it would be fun to have him come on as a guest star on our show, but also on Parks and Rec, I think it would be a fun episode to have him come back. But I don't know if that's in, in the cards. But it seemed, it seemed like he left the show on, like it wasn't like anybody was mad at each other. Anyway, well, yeah, I'm ready to talk about Parks and Rec. Okay, yeah, he should come on our show because what the fuck else is he doing now? Um, but yeah, Parks and well, for, sorry, my point about Cheers was that from what I understand, it was not a ratings hit when it, when right, it first yeah, started first season, at all. It was, it was one of those shows that Tartikoff kind of babied and it became a big deal right which uh which they don't do with tv shows anymore um except that they did did give parks and rec a chance so they they also have that in common um i think it depends on one of the things i think parks and rec is produced by nbc so it it got more leeway uh, i think uh there is a show that was on thursday nights uh, my name is earl and that was not as good ratings like its ratings were going down but it was better than parks and rec and it might have been different times but 
anyway, it was produced by a different studio, so they didn't have any reason to keep it. Not as much of a reason to keep it. So that's one way a show will stay, that they have a little money in the game to make it into a show. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I never... And also, they, they, since it was the Office producers that were putting it together, they kind of owed them, since the Office was such a success. Such a hit, yeah. They kind of pissed them off. Um, yeah, I was never a My Name is Earl fan. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. So Parks and Rec, uh, Season 6... Episode one, uh, they go to London. The end. All right. Goodbye, everybody. No, it's th- funny how the Parks and Rec has gotten into this habit where their season premieres take place somewhere else. Like last season was in Washington, D.C., and the season's London. So I wonder next year maybe Beirut. Oh, let's hope. Uh, that would be – there's there's all kinds of opportunities for wackiness in that scenario. Um, yeah, maybe Syria if things uh, – you know, if they can get the, the visas. Just use American Express. The uh, this so this season, um, I think we talked about before. Little little wary of it at first. I thought maybe you know, season six you you start to lose your grip a bit um, and maybe just coast. But so far this season's been at the top of its game. I feel like. Yeah, and I mean, in this London episode, started off. They did everything right. It was just awesome, and it's and it was jam packed too. I mean, the, the episodes start with Ron marrying, uh, I forget her name, but Diane. Ron marrying Lucy Lawless. Yeah, and I mean the wedding was just hilarious. Where it took five minutes for them to propose and get married and meet April and Leslie in the hallway, and Leslie going at the same time going crazy with happiness and terror because she can't believe someone's getting married in such a fashion. Yeah, no, that was great. Although that was the one moment of the show that I thought was a little, uh, a little borscht belt comedy with the when they told Leslie they were getting married and her reaction. Like, what? <laughs> I, yeah, that worked for me though. Did it? But yeah, I can, I can hear what you're saying. Um, but not that, not that it took me out of it or anything. It's just, just uh, not up to the to the kind of humor the rest of the show uh, worked for me that was the, it, that was the most poorly phrased sentence in the world but hopefully people know what i'm saying it just seemed like the kind of reaction she would have though it, it seemed like the leslie character would have an over top over the top borscht belt crazy reaction when, when she hears someone's getting married and a person she loves dearly is getting married in five minutes with no you know no party yeah that no that's true and they they immediately brought it back with ron asking her are you dead um <laughs> So yeah, that happens, and then uh, April nominates Leslie for a uh, some kind of businesswoman of the year thing, uh, uh, which she wins, and that's why they end up going to London. Um, and then, do you know the actor who who played the uh, the Earl or the Baron or whoever it was? Oh, I don't remember his name, but he was also he was in that show that we both loved that had um, Will Arnett. I don't remember his name, but the, the Will Arnett show that was came after Arrested Development. Felicity. Yeah, yeah. And he played the other rich guy. He's he's a very funny actor, whoever it is. Yeah, I I mean I I didn't know if he was like supposed to be. See, I didn't remember him from that. I didn't know if he was a a big name British actor or what, but uh, or even if he was British. But uh, so he was hilarious, and and that was this was what I was talking about with Andy, the dumb guy, where uh, they really made it work in this episode. Yeah, yeah was, because the other guy was dumb too, but in a, a funny way. In a different way, yeah. So they got along uh, perfectly, and I guess that was an excuse. So so Andy stays to to work for this guy. I guess he's Chris Pratt is doing some movie or something, so he 
Yeah, he's he's doing a comic book movie. Okay, Guardians so, of the Galaxy. So he had to take some time off. So that was their excuse for that. Um, and they, I mean, he lost a ton of weight too. So and that was a pretty funny bit with not that funny, but funny that they actually brought it up with Adam Scott saying to his character, "Oh, how'd you, how'd you lose so much weight? I I took a month where I didn't drink any beer." Yeah, I drink a lot of beer. So. Well, speaking of Adam Scott, that's another thing we should mention. Uh, just the cast uh, is incredible on the show. Adam Scott is great. He's great in everything, I feel like. Um, and the great thing about Adam, Adam Scott and Rob Lowe is how they were introduced. It wasn't like it wasn't like Kirstie Alley, the first episode of a new season they, they appear. It was the middle of a season, and Rob Lowe and, and Adam Scott appear as these financial guys that are trying to write Pony's ways in, in the budget. And I, I, I believe that I, I know for, for a fact, Rob Lowe wasn't supposed to stay for more than a season or two, but they liked the character so much. He stayed. So I just liked that it was mid season and everything gelled so well that the the actors stayed with the characters. That's fun. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's the first time I've liked Rob Lowe in uh, well, probably forever. Um, he's good in West wing, but I don't, yeah, I haven't seen it. So, uh, but Adam, and that that sex tape really good too. That was, but that was so long ago. He's he was resting on his laurels on that. Um, yeah, uh, he's great. What's that? Nothing. Oh yeah, Laurel. Um, that was one of their names. Um, Amy Poehler, obviously, we both love uh, and have for a long time. Let's see. Oh, uh, who plays April? See, I'm Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza is terrific, and she's so funny. I, I I wonder how she is stand up. Oh, I don't know if she does stand up. She was I, in like improv. Yeah, but she's so I, funny in everything she does. Yeah, she. Uh, I mean, to be honest, she's got a limited range, but she she uses it well. Um, yeah, yeah. Aziz Ansari, uh, a little bit goes a long way with his character. Yeah, and they they. They haven't really grown that character much. Like every time they grow him a little bit, they take it back. They take it. So, yeah, we have one step forward, two steps back with him. But he is funny in the show. He is. Yeah, and and uh, thankfully, it's an ensemble cast where where if he was the star of the show, I I think it would get grading. Yeah. Um, but I also love uh, even the guest stars, uh, uh, Jean Ralphio. <laughs> and his sister, who were prominent in this episode, and uh, their father, Henry their father Winkler. Henry Winkler. Uh, it was great to see Henry Winkler playing a bastard. Yeah, yeah. Even when he's playing a bastard, he's lovable, though. <laughs> Somehow. I, yeah, I don't know how. Everybody, everybody says uh, he's the nicest guy in Hollywood. Um, I can believe that, and or he's a really good actor, and he's a, a despicable man, but he forces everyone to say that, and that's fine too because he does a good job at it. Yeah, so he, uh, I'm I'm especially glad he's uh, had a renaissance lately, you know, with uh, Arrested Development and this and. Uh, and the thing is, he'll it doesn't matter. He'll take any role, which is which makes me glad he's taken these good roles in Arrested Development and Parks and Rec. Hopefully, Parks and Rec has a, a more of a part, and it's a good part over the rest of the season. But he's in those commercials for reverse mortgages. He's he was in this terrible show. I don't forget. I don't even remember the name, and I don't think anyone needs to know. But I watched a little bit of it on Netflix, and it has the the Ty Burrell from Modern Family, and uh, his wife is played by someone famous. I don't remember who, but it was. I couldn't even make it through an entire episode. It was such a bad show. It was just actually the show he left the rest of development for, where he plays a doctor and his wife is plays a doctor and they're divorced, and they have three kids, and one is 
a, a three of all three of them are doctors except for, um, four of them three of them are, there's four three of them are doctors and the fourth one is something else so they all make fun of him for not being a doctor oh and it was a comedy a sitcom yep studio audience probably uh, yeah there had to be sounds and like it, it. but it's really funny to see something with ty burrell and henry winkler and it be awful yeah well it's just he i think you know he was kind of a joke after happy days right um, yeah you know especially because well happy days is the show that they named jump the shark after especially after happy days jumped the shark and just kind of became a a laughing stock um i think his his stock in the showbiz world went way down but um, he had to know that was going to happen because you look at all the actors that left that show and he was the one that stayed on and on and on and on I mean, he was the only guy that stayed yeah it was like him and chachi yeah yeah and, well, uh, i think even chachi left to do Joni loves chachi mr bosley might have stayed too yeah what else is he gonna do um <laughs> he had the glad empire to run that's true but that's a part-time gig um yeah so so that happened. I mean, I'm sure he was crying all the way to the bank at that point, but yeah, but yeah. still he wasn't getting, he wasn't getting work uh, night shift aside. And the night shift was like in the middle of during happy, happy days. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's, it's nice to see him back on TV. Yeah. And yeah. Do, doing funny things like Arrested development is hilarious. And I think as far as I know, his arrested development is really where he came back. Oh, it was for sure. And, and I think a lot of that was the fact that he he came back and he was he was willing to play a role that was kind of gross. He was his character's kind of gross, stupid, and a bumbling uh, yeah, <laughs> a bumbling kind of skeevy attorney. Yeah, totally against type. If all you know him from is the Fonz, which right. is pretty much that is all you know him from. And um, it's, it is funny how like his voice is even different in, as the Fonz. He's he's just so like masculine as the funds and his his regular everyday voice is kind of hey how you doing yeah yeah he's very uh kind of humble and yeah, yeah yeah um yeah anyway it was it was a nice touch having him on there uh what other characters am i am i missing oretta oh yeah oretta anna she... plays donna she's a funny actress funny in the show and for the fact that her part is so small that she kind of has a big role in such a small part is kind of fun. Yeah, she well, everything, every line she gets is pretty much gold. So yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, also Gary. Jerry, who? Gary. Gary. I was, I was calling him by his given name. Oh, his given name, Gary. Yeah. Well, they're calling him Larry now. Yeah, it, it, it's going to be funny if the rest of the shows run. That's what they call him. But uh, yeah, he's. Ugh, he had a, a hilarious, disgusting scene in this episode uh, where he's telling Anne... Oh, there's another character. Uh, Quincy Jones' daughter, Rashida. Yeah, Rashida. Yeah, and I think originally the show was a, a spinoff of The Office with her as the main character. And I think as the show's gone on, her character has gotten less and less important on the show. Wait, what are you talking about? When Parks and Rec was first envisioned, it was a spinoff from The Office... And it was Rashida Jones' character as the star. Oh, it was a, literally going to be a spinoff of The Office. Yeah, and her and she was going to be the director of an office the, in you know the Scranton. I mean the not Scranton, but in that world. But they decided to do Parks and Rec instead and bring oh, Amy thank Poehler. God. Yeah, but I think her character has gotten less and less important because they there's not a lot to do with her. She yeah, is great. Well, she's very funny, but she's kind of a straight man. But she's also kind of crazy. 
and they've, they've kind of gone as far as they can, and I, I'm guessing that's why she's leaving the show. Yeah, she and Rob Lowe are both leaving. Um, but anyway, that scene with Jerry where he's describing she's pregnant, and he's telling her uh, what to expect, and starts talking about when her milk comes in and stuff, and he's drinking a glass of milk. It's just uh, totally disgusts everybody. And he, 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 the actor does a great job with that scene. Just, it's very funny. He's, he's a funny actor. It's, I, I, I've seen him in other stuff where he just, he's kind of has bit parts. So it's, it's funny that he's, I mean, I'm sure in the, in Parks and Rec it was written as a bit part, and he's gotten this, these funny stuff to do, and it's really neat. But even when he's all in Parks and Rec as Jerry, I've seen him on, like he was on The Mentalist playing a security guard with this small role. So it's, it's funny that he's still doing other stuff like that. Yeah, and he, he's a. Uh always very cheerful no matter yeah <laughs> what kind of shit people are piling on him uh and he's the one who gets shit piled on him which is another well it's a new kind of a new uh sitcom character trope that uh that the same creators we talked about this before uh are oh, using in brooklyn, on, 99, on brooklyn yeah. 99 um just the guy that everybody dumps on and he's kind of just takes it uh amiably <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's like I think the the character in Brooklyn Nine Nine is gonna. I mean, I don't know this for a fact, but it seems like they're gonna make him a lot more incompetent. Yeah, Jerry, Jerry's screw ups seem like so small, and they'd make a huge deal out of it. It seems like the Brooklyn Nine Nine guys' screw ups are gonna be a little bit bigger. We'll see. More monumental. But, yeah, because I mean, Jerry would flub one word, and they'd spend the rest of the meeting in the show making fun of him, which I I I often felt bad for Jerry. So I think that's one of the neat things they did. They 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 for the first part of the show, the first few seasons of the show, they just had this character who got dumped on him all the time, all the time. He was always cheerful, and I think most people watching the show felt bad for him. And then they showed his home life, and it's just like, oh, he's married he to Christy get, Brinkley. And yeah, his daughters love him, his family loves him. So I think he might have this terrible life, but it's an awesome life. I think the perfect way to end the series would be to uh, reveal at the end that uh, Jerry was the Scranton Strangler on The Office. <laughs> no. Um, anyway, yeah, so so the London stuff was great. Oh, fucking Ron Swanson, we didn't even mention yet. Yeah, and he is great in the London stuff where he's he doesn't want to be there, so he's just taking pictures of things for his wife. Here's another clock. Yeah, big ban. Um, tries to buy a postcard with uh, a dollar bill, and uh, yeah, that was the, the funniest. The, the postcard—I forgot what the postcard was London at night. Yeah, and it was just black. Yeah, and he thought and it was we, hilarious. Yeah, we've seen that. I think anyone who's gone on any kind of trip has seen that anywhere they've gone. So it's especially funny that he liked that joke so much. But then they wouldn't let him buy it because they wouldn't take his dollar bill, which was which is the greatest piece of paper in the world. So he couldn't understand why they wouldn't take American currency. Um, yeah, he was he was awesome as always. Um, the wedding scene, as you said, was was great. Let's, and the, the, one of the great things about the, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Is that they they tried a fine line between over overly sentimental and funny a lot, and they did that in this episode where they sent him on his uh, his wedding present or was it I forget what the present is from Leslie where yeah, he has from Leslie scavenger hunt throughout throughout England or Scotland, I guess just the United Kingdom. And he's, he's like, he's hating it, but he's loving it all the way through. And then he gets to the, uh, the, the, I forget the name of the whiskey is the fact, but he gets to the factor and he gets to have a tour and he's drinking it. And then he's sitting up on the, on the, the bluffs looking down. He's, he's reads that, was it Byron? I, I forget it, but he reads the poem. And he's like, 
his his eyes are tearing up. It's just such a super sweet scene. And I think a lot of shows might not have handled that sentimentality so well, but the actor and the, the show itself does a great job with it. They do. Well, and also because it's uh, so out of character for him, yeah. it works. Yeah. Like if, yeah. if he was a, a sappy piece of shit every episode, it would have just been clunky and, and uh, yeah, this sad. But yeah. It was, yeah. yeah, it was really sweet. No, I thought I thought this episode was super strong. Um and and the other two episodes that they've aired this season so far that I've seen have been really good too. Yeah, I I I I I thought this was going to be the best of the season. I liked it so much, but they've been building from it. It's just gotten better and better. Yeah, uh the the last episode with where they uh, incorporated the other town there, the town that Leslie hates and uh, all the people and Sam Elliott was the Yeah, that, that uh, didn't that was funny, but it didn't go. As, I did, it wasn't as funny as I was hoping. Really, I, I was Sam Elliott stuff. Yeah, I I cracked up a few times at him when he's quoting Morrissey. <laughs> yeah, in the words was, of Moz, hold on yeah. to your friends. Um, and then he like he's he's so nonplussed that they don't. You, you've never heard of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and because Ron thought that uh, they were gonna be uh, soulmates when he first met him. Cause, yeah. Yeah. He was silent. He's like, "What's your name?" Dog. Yeah. He's also very, yeah, very laconic and uh, seems kind of earthy, but then it turns out he's a total hippie, um, the exact opposite of Ron Swanson. Uh, I, just, I, I just, I mean, that was funny. I just thought it was too easy. I thought if they could have put a twist on that. I liked it better instead of being the exact opposite. That's something, you know. Oh, I liked it fine. And I, I loved uh, Aubrey Plaza pretending to be a, uh, a shallow ditz <laughs> yeah. with, with the other woman from uh from whatever that town was. I can't even think of the name of the other town. Um, I thought, Eagleton. Eagleton, yeah. Um, Which is, the, I mean, I talk about how they're similar to The Simpsons. That's one of the things I've I found from Parks and Rec. I mean, aside from the townspeople that are all over the place, but the fact that they have a opposing town reminds me of The Simpsons. Oh, that's true. Um, Springfield, Springfield and Shelbyville. And Shelbyville, yeah. Uh, so this is what it feels like when doves cry. Uh, you don't remember that line. Good old Millhouse. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think uh, I'm I'm really happy that this season has been so good so far because uh, we'll talk about it on our bonus app, but the, the rest of Thursday night NBC kind of uh, licks my balls. So you so you're enjoying the Sean Hayes project? Uh, yeah, I'm loving it. What? licks my balls what what else could that possibly mean no i i i worded that poorly uh it, it should have been uh stabs me in the spleen yeah <laughs> yeah even uh even michael j fox show which i wanted to like uh i don't i i yeah i i don't dislike i think that's the only show i can say i don't dislike oh no no i don't hate the the other show as much as you do the the where the family that was not nearly as bad as i expected it to be yeah we'll we'll talk about all this yeah on the, on yeah the i was bonus just episode, re- but reminding myself what was on aside from but it's not musty tv but I'm, as far as dvring um parks and rec's the only the only one that's staying on there um i mean i'll i'll sit there and watch it if there's nothing else on i'm sure right right except for the sean hayes show um but, I can't wait to have that bonus episode. I, yeah, me either. We got to talk about this shit. Um, it's been a this has been a horrible uh, season for new TV, and maybe it's always this horrible. But I I don't remember it being this bad. Um, 
But there were a couple surprises for me, um, or a couple likes at least, and one of them was a surprise. So, uh, so that's nice. But anyway, Parks and Rec. I don't. Everybody should watch it, but I think uh, people are already watching it, right? Like it's got its audience now. It does, but I don't think it's as maybe because of its competition, but it's not as as big as popular as it should be. Because it, I think it's. It's like I think it should be as popular as The Office was, and I don't think it is. Oh no, I don't, it's, I don't think it is either. It has the same sort of appeal. I think everybody who who would enjoyed The Office would enjoy this show. Well, I think uh, it's it's doing better in season six than The Office was at season six. Okay. I, oh. Although I I don't know how many seasons The Office went. Um, it might have still been okay. I, the Office really lost its way to me. Um, it did. It was not as good, but I thought it had. It had some shining moments each season that I was glad I watched it for. There, yeah, there, there was always. I mean, it was for the most part well written. It had good writers and and good actors, uh, but they kind of they kind of lost. Once Steve Carell left, I, I feel like um, they didn't. They were kind of fishing around for what to do. I was at the point when Steve Carell said he was leaving. I was like, that's the show. They should just end it. And in some ways, I wish they had, but there was such there was a few good episodes in those final two seasons that I was like, okay, at least they ended it before it got awful that I didn't even want to watch it. So yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think it had two seasons worth in it after that. I think they could have done yeah, one could have just done one of, season, yeah, of the more top quality shows, and it would have been it would have ended higher in the in the rankings of all time TV shows. But whatever, I'm, uh, I'm just happy they didn't go three because that would have been dreadful. Yeah, it was it was getting dreadful by that last season. Um, no, I think the, the the end of the last season. Well, you didn't like the the final episode, but I I thought they did a, a pretty good job at the end. They brought some the writers back, and I, I thought they did a better job than they had done previously. Yeah, I thought it was okay. I just, I didn't hate it. Um, mm-hmm. But I think Parks and Rec is uh has definitely taken taken up the uh, mantle of that. I show. think so too, and I, that's what I mean. I just the office at its highest ratings i think that's what parks and rec should be because i think it's such a fun show i think everyone would like it yeah well it's it's unfortunate that they're airing it against uh cbs's blockbuster night yeah also is it like straight up against big bang theory or i think it is yeah um but you know six seasons it's on its sixth season so can't really complain and it's now it's on FXX a hundred times a day, so people are seeing it in reruns. Oh, that's good. They they've got it in syndication, but not on uh, not on network syndication. That's weird. Mm, yeah, I don't know how that works. I, it used to be five seasons was the magic number. Well, it doesn't really have five seasons. A hundred episodes used to be the max magic number. So maybe the, yeah, it's got to hit a hundred episodes because that first season was so short. Um, yeah. Before yeah. network does it, but uh, yeah, no, it was uh, it was great. I'm I'm I was really relieved, especially after I heard. That dude was doing Brooklyn Nine Nine. I, you know, I thought, well, shit, is Parks and Rec going to be the same? Well, he's still doing Parks and Rec, so I guess he's doing a little of both. Right, but that's, yeah, I mean, that was yeah. my concern. Yeah, diluting his attention. And then with uh, with Rob Lowe and Rashida Jones leaving too. I mean, not that they're uh, integral as integral as the other characters uh, on the show. No, but it's. I mean, I didn't know Andy was going to be off the show. Yeah. So it's like three three really fun characters are by the end of Andy might be back by them, but it's it's going to stink for all of them to be gone. It will. I'm going to miss uh, Rob Lowe's literally. Yeah. <laughs> and well, just his character is so 
awesome anyway. He's another one that uh, you could picture being a serial killer. Yeah. Possibly. <laughs> even though he's the cheeriest motherfucker ever. Um, but yeah, I, it's a it's a great show. And it's it's only getting better, which which I didn't expect. So, uh, kudos Parks and Recreation. And even their guest stars that are on single episodes, I think they pick out good people for that. Like, or short runs. Like they had Paul Rudd doing a great job as uh, Leslie's opponent when she ran for city council. And uh, the, there's a, a, an episode. John Glazer. Do you know? Do you remember him as the other councilman? The uh, oh yeah, crazy haired yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, he's very funny he on was the show. Insanely good. Uh, even Harris Whittle's a writer on it. He was in this episode just at the very beginning. Uh, when they were, person. yeah, they were picketing, and he was he was saying legalize marijuana when everybody else was picketing uh, against something else. So, and Kristen Bell was in uh, the second episode, and she was she was fine in it. They didn't give her much to do, but she was good. Yeah, it's always nice to see Kristen Bell. Yeah, Veronica Mars. Um, yeah, no, it's it's a uh, great, and uh, this last episode uh, where they incorporated Eagleton, um, the the ditzy woman who I was talking about was uh, June Diane Raphael from uh, How Did This Get Made? Oh right, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't, I, I did not know she was in that. She's, and that's, that is Paul Shear's wife. This is Paul Shear. Yeah, didn't know that until recently when he, when I was telling, talking about her playing Andrew Dice Clay and the Pulse or Shear Rino, whatever. That is. Have you watched that yet? No, our the Arsherial Paul show. I have, Shearia, I still yeah. haven't. Um, I, I'll get to it. But, uh, yeah, so that's it. They're both good. Parks and Rec, I think, obviously, I'd favor over Cheers. Yeah, I would, too. It's just there's more depth. There's more to it. But both good, both fun. We say versus, and this time I'm not going to say Parks and Rec beat Cheers, even though it did. Yeah, it handily beat Cheers. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. What Have you seen Gravity yet? No, did you see it? Yeah, I saw it today. Um, Did you see it in 3D? Yep, IMAX 3D. So is it worth seeing it in 3D? I mean... Over I, regular? It was cool to see it in 3D. I don't know that anything's really worth seeing in yeah. IMAX 3D, but that's just me. Um, I don't... I'm not... You know, I'm not as big a fan of, like, the spectacle of, of movie going as a lot of people are. Like, the effects, the sound... The, the big screen that's not what I that's not what I'm looking for in a movie I'm going for the story um, it was it was impressive like most of it was just a whole big thing of how the fuck did he do this yeah, um, yeah. but then the dialogue was just absolute shit really <laughs> yeah I mean it was like Titanic level um, dialogue it was ridiculously sappy and and hit you over the head with unnecessary. They, I won't, I won't spoil anything. They, they gave a backstory to Sandra Bullock's character uh, that was kind of a tragic backstory that was completely unnecessary because it's all, it's already intense enough what's happening. There was, yeah. there was no need for it, none. And and then she was just spouting platitudes the whole time. Yeah. It, so that was that was disappointing to me. Um, as far as just pure filmmaking uh, it was it was very impressive i wish i could i wish i could have loved it but i just liked it and that's mostly because of the the dialogue i'll have to check it out i yeah. I, I want to do the imax 3d i 
I, I just have heard such good things about how it looks that I I usually don't. I usually just see regular day, but I think for this I'll see three D. Yeah, no, you should. If you're gonna see it, you might as well see it in three D. Um, yeah, I mean, for some stuff I I won't bother. Like I, uh, the recent Spider Man movie, they didn't even film it in three D. Or no, the recent Spider Man movie they did film it in three D, but I still didn't bother. So some stuff I don't even I don't I don't care that much. Yeah, most just, of the time I won't. I mean, most of the time I don't want to pay. Twenty dollars for a ticket. Oh, is it that much there, really? I mean, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think I think ours is like nine fifty for an IMAX 3D. Yeah, but there's a theater here that their regular movies are five dollars, so it's kind of the the junky theater. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of come to the realization that like uh, five dollars is about what I want to pay to go see a movie. That's why I'm so lucky to have that theater here. Yeah, you are. I mean, and hopefully people are not. Uh, completely rude in the theater. Yeah. That, that's one it's, reason that $5 is my limit. That's why five, $5 does bring in... I don't know where they come from because there's not many homeless people in this part of Philadelphia, but there's some homeless people that see movies at the $5 theater. Yeah, there, well, there's plenty of homeless people all over Oakland, so maybe that's what it is. Although it, it's not usually homeless people. I mean, it's usually teenagers. Oh, yeah, well, I can just beat them up. That's true. Just grab their phone and throw it. Um... Yeah, you seen anything uh, of interest lately, or got any news? No, I really haven't. I did have. Speaking of homeless people, I had. Uh, I went downtown yesterday, and I was getting on the tra- going to the train station. A guy came up to me and said, "Can you get?" I I just had my headphones on. He, he like pointed at my headphones to take them off. I was like, "Oh, okay." What I I thought he wanted directions to the train. He's like, "Can you give me a dollar?" I was like, oh, "I'm sorry." He's like, "You know, if you gave me a dollar, I wouldn't have to go up in the street and prostitute myself." Really, a dollar is all it takes. Yeah, I guess so. I, I unfortunately, I forced him to go up to the street and prostitute himself. And you watched and, and I that. filmed. Oh, good. And then good. I promised him thirty-five dollars, and I, I ran out, didn't pay him anything. Well, they're they're human garbage. Come on. Of course. They're just here for our amusement. So go to www.humangarbagehavingsex.com and see the video. He really said he was going to have to prostitute himself. I mean, well, what do you consider begging for money? That's a well. I think there's a significantly big difference. I did feel bad, but I don't. I didn't think my dollar would make it so he couldn't do it. Yeah, no, that's that's ridiculous. If you gave me a dollar, I wouldn't have to do it. I mean, if you let me tell you this, dude, if you're prostituting yourself for a dollar, uh, you can charge way more. I'm pretty sure. No, I don't. I don't. He wasn't. He was. I think he was saying he wouldn't have to prostitute himself for more, but. Anyway, after I, I forgot about this point. After I said, I said, no, nah, I'm sorry. He said, oh, I guess I'm going to have to go prostitute myself then. I, I, I said, I guess so. I didn't know what else to say. I guess so. See ya. Are you sure it was a dude and not a uh, Jewish mother or something? <laughs> it was laying on the guilt. Well, I guess I got to go prostitute myself. What are you supposed to say to that? All right, have a nice day. <laughs> Good luck. Bring me back some my chocolate ice cream cone. Use a condom. Wow. So, so wait, where was this guy in the in the subway or something on the metro? It was down in the in the train station before you. I, I was at the regular kind of train station. So before you went down to the tracks, it was just up upstairs where you go. You you know, there's all the Dunkin' Donuts and yeah, all yeah. those kind of stores. Yeah, I mean, it's sad. There, there are like these 
20-year-old kids here who, like, take turns at certain, just at certain locations. They take turns bumming money, you know, from passing cars and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I can't figure out quite what's going on with them because when you're, when you're, like, 20 and able-bodied and stuff and you can't, like, find a couch to sleep on or you can't stay with your parents, it, I tend to think, and I don't, want to assume or be a dick but i tend to think it's because you've burned all your bridges and you're probably like some kind of junkie uh you know so i i've i never feel like i want to give them money um and maybe i'm just being cold-hearted because i don't i don't know their stories but they do work together in groups and take shifts doing it um so i can't i don't really know what the story is there and let's face it i'm not made of money I'm uh, I made mostly of uh, bacon. And you could give them bacon, but bacon's precious. Ba- bacon's more, a more valuable commodity than uh, cash right now with this government shutdown. What with all the, and the, you, know, she, huh. you said it. Anyway, uh, when I was twenty, twenty, the twenty-year-old people who who were asking for money were the people who drove me crazy. It would actually make me angry because when I lived in D.C., they'd they'd hang out in Georgetown and they'd be wearing these clothes that I knew were more expensive than anything I'd own, and they'd still be asking me for money, and I had no money. So I just, it just made me angry when I saw them. Oh no! See, well, even out here, it was like it was like the the crusty punks uh, when I was younger who were like in their late teens or early twenties who were, who all had leather jackets and were fashionable and had the fucking crazy hair and all the, uh, accoutrements of the punk look. And I was like, dude, you're, you obviously are affording to, uh, keep yourself up in the fashion sense. Don't get so upset when I don't give you anything. Oh yeah. They would get super upset too. Yeah. Don't kick me, kick me with your shiny doc Martens, please. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I no, mean, it's Doc Martens. They're very comfortable shoes. It's a, it's a problem living in the city. You know, I don't really know. I I give occasionally and not always. Yeah, I, I I will give rarely. Sometimes I'll give, but I just always make sure to to look at them and say sorry. Like look them in the eyes. I mean, I know they don't give a shit, but I would rather treat them like actual human beings, not human garbage. When they ask. So if I'm saying no, at least I'm looking at them. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that's, yeah, that's fine. At least you're being, trying to be decent. Um, and if I have any food, I usually give that. I've given food and have them get pissed before. Um, really? Which is disheartening. Yeah, motherfucker, I want money. But, uh. <laughs> Did you explain to them you can trade this to other homeless people for money? <laughs> Come on, you guys are on some kind of black market barter system down at your level of uh, economics, aren't you? Yeah, but uh, no, I, I agree with that too. Giving food always makes me feel good. Um, I haven't done it for a while. I bought this guy a whole meal, not a whole meal, but I was in Santa Barbara and it was he claimed he was in Santa Barbara because he wanted to be a part of the jazz festival. He wanted to play in the band. He didn't look like someone who could do that. But anyway, I said, well, I don't have any, I don't, I don't know what I said. I said, I'm going in here to get something from McDonald's. Do you want anything? He's like, oh, okay. So I bought him like a thing of fries. And he sat with me for like a half hour telling me his, his, his not very credible story. But it was a very enjoyable experience. Well, I mean, I imagine they've got to come up with some kind of not very credible story uh, so you'll have sympathy for him. 
if but I mean if he, their he, real story is uh I is guess just that's, a tale of drugs or whatever, you know. I guess but, that's maybe he was angling for more, but I, I pretty much made it clear that's all I was giving. So I, I thought he was just having conversation. Maybe he was practicing the story, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The worst is when someone comes up to I and I know this is a scheme when someone comes up and asks me for money for a bus. Yeah, I just I just need three dollars to take Bart. Yeah. <laughs> get back to my city, yeah. <laughs> all right. You can just ask for the money. You don't have to give it Right, talent. exactly. You don't have to pretend like it's just because you didn't plan ahead. I had another public transportation scan, and I'm not sure what was going on with, but I didn't mind doing it. I was getting on the subway one time, and the guy's like, are you using a token? I said, yeah. He's like, here, I'll give you my, my, my uh, TransPass, and you give me a token. So I used his TransPass to get in, and then when I got in, I like there's a little gate where we traded. I gave him back the TransPass, and I mean, I gave him back the TransPass and the token. I don't know what he was like. He was just maybe he he found the transpass and just wanted tokens. So he said the the transpass was about to run out and he couldn't afford to get another one for the next week and he just wanted some tokens for work. Oh yeah, maybe I've, had, I've had something similar in New York. Yeah, I know. So I'm like, I'm like, yeah. What the hell do I care? Sure, dude. Yeah, it doesn't affect me in any way whatsoever. So, and then after I did, I was like, well, what if I just didn't, you know, didn't give either of them back? Just ran with it. Yeah, yeah. What's he gonna do? He has no way to get on. Oh, uh, you know he does though. Yeah. Um. Yeah, well, that's good. Let's uh, let's end it on a bummer. The uh, homeless in America. <laughs> well, instead of that, let's let's talk about this government shutdown you mentioned. Isn't it so wonderful? It it really is. No no yammering from these stupid politicians twenty four seven. They're all at home drinking martinis. It's great. And I don't have to worry about the federal workers actually working because you know they just screw things up. <laughs> yeah, that's a. Well, that federal worker, there's an oxymoron for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking job the government sit on. It. Yeah. yeah, um, and we don't have to worry about these idiot poor babies eating since Wick has been turned off for two weeks. Thank God. You know, I'm, I want when I go to the supermarket, I just want to see people with jobs. There. That's that's the only people I want to associate with when I go to the supermarket. Cheers. Yes. Mazel tov. People of my own social stature. People, if you can't afford to eat, don't be having babies. Come and on. Don't, and don't go to the supermarket. No. Because if go you to can't the, afford to eat, you can't afford to buy food. You know, if you buy. Yes. If you're using Wick and food stamps, go to the go to the liquor store. Like all self-respecting welfare queens. Come on. And dirty up my air with your shit. And my favorite is the fact that there's some, I don't want to call them crazy, but they're crazy. Uh, I don't know, no, no senator said it, but members of the House who's, who've talked about the not rising the debt ceiling and saying it's not a big deal. Even though every every responsible, respectable person who's knowledgeable in the field says it's a huge deal. If the country were to default in their debt, it would be a huge deal. And these guys are saying, well, we really should learn not to pay so much anyway. But... Yeah, but when you're when you're in the house, you're you're so much smarter than everybody else in every field. I guess I just just once you're elected in, it's like it, you're just given all this knowledge. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure they're gonna. Uh, the day of uh, overturning uh, the need for vaccines is coming through them. <laughs> Thank the Lord. We can all look like Jenny McCarthy. And by Lord, be, I mean Ronald Reagan. That'd be my dream. Uh, yeah, I, it's a mess, I guess. It doesn't really affect me, personally. 
So uh, keep doing whatever you're doing, you stupid idiots. I don't know if it affects me, but I just want it to end because I feel bad for all the people it does affect. No, I know. There, I mean, the the real people who are put out of work by this, uh, well, I don't know. I don't even want to talk about it. We already know. The first people who get fucked are the, the poor and the middle class. The rich are always going to be fine. So it just makes me angry. Oh, let's let's think of a good note to end the show on. Yeah, I don't I don't like getting angry. Um, I mean, I love it. I don't, I don't like you when you're angry, but I don't like you when you're happy either. I'm, I'm just not. The likeable. only mood I like is when you're apathetic. That's why I really like you. Oh, that's that's the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me, Pat. You're welcome. I didn't say thank you. I heard it because you're apathetic. Whatever. All right. Well, I'm getting an echo. Are you hearing it? No, I heard myself echo earlier, but not you. Oh, maybe that maybe that just has to do with our own levels of narcissism. Um Well, yeah, it's uh it's kind of annoying me now. So, uh do you want to you want to end this on on a bummer note? Okay. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So, Gravity was the only movie you've seen? Yep, that's it. I don't really go to movies that often. Okay, um, this was a good show. Yeah, it was all right. So, uh, until next time, uh, email us at popculturecontinuum at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. And uh, next week, I think, is going to be uh, The Evil Dead versus The Evil Dead. We might switch it up. It's it's uh, it's open, but for now, let's say that's what the next episode's going to be, right? Yes. All right. So uh, until next time, everyone, uh, write your representatives and let them know how you feel. And uh, don't give money to the homeless. Amen. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. A table moon took me through the alley Down by the car on the Anderson trolley To the muse running through the back streets where the blacks sell fire and sleep The devil moon took me out of Soho Up to Camden where the cold north winds blow Sucked along by a winter shower Stand beside your shining tower This could be a final dance This could be a very last chance Sound of your voice wherever I may be Changes everything and then the world's all right with you my girl The way that you walk my girl The way that you talk my girl Just the sound of your voice I ain't got no choice The lights were going out, the moon was dying The night was turning to the fine spring morning The dogs were barking and the kids were shouting The sun was splashing in a crystal fountain when the cold winds come and find you Blowing down from the top of the high rise I'll come and take you back down to Soho Away from all those madmen's eyes This could be our final dance This could be our very last chance And if you cut me, don't you think I feel It's this body play, it's this heart made of steel You're my mom
you think I feel It's this body clay, it's this heart made of steel You're my lovely girl The way that you walk London.